Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. Yes. So now we get to introduce my friend. Oh, man. Yes. My friend, too. Oh, it's my Not friend. Not just your friend. It's more my friend than your friend. It's our friend. No. 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 Okay. He, he can be our friend, but he's more my friend. Anyway. <clears throat> so our friend, Pastor Alan Diaz. Alan Diaz, he's been a longtime friend. He's, he's, he's encouraged us from day one. Yeah. Um, when we took over this campus that used to be Centerpoint Church, French Valley, um, pretty much every staff member said, I'm sorry to me. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so sorry you had to take over this, except for Alan yeah. Diaz. Yes. Alan Diaz said, you're here now. Oh, this is going to be incredible. Yeah. It's going to be the best thing ever. I can't wait to see what God does. In the... And so that was Alan Diaz while everyone else was giving their condolences for my loss of life. But anyway, um, so we're excited. He, he's an entrepreneur. When he's not here hanging out in the California sun, he's out hanging in the Hawaii sun. Yeah. And, uh, and so he, he's an entrepreneur. He's all over the place. He's a, yeah. he, he, he's a good guy to have around. He's a good guy to have in your pocket. Yes, and I will tell you, I hope you have um, a level of expectancy today yes. because this man carries an anointing. He's going to light um, it up. You know, we all have different gifts, right? And so he, it's such a treasure when he comes because he brings something special. Yeah. So I hope you have a, a level of expectancy that God will move today. He's yep. got so many things to, to give, and Amen. I know he's been stirring. His heart's been Amen. stirring. And so, One of my yeah. favorite memories of Pastor Allen is when we were in Belize together doing, doing a missions trip, and we got eaten alive by bugs and so we decided we're not going to sleep on the floor this last time, and we're going to go sleep in the car. And we're sleeping in the car, and, and it, 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 it got cold outside, and we're hot inside. And, and so it fogged up all the windows, and we woke up to the cow in the field that was licking the window because of the condensation. It was absolutely incredible. So be ready to taste what is good in the Lord through Alan Diaz today. It's going to be incredible. Come on up here, dude. Let's make this thing happen. All right, all right, awesome. Thank you. No, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah, so Justin, you are a good friend, but I got to tell you, my other friend's a lot more beautiful than you are, so I just got to say it. <laughs> uh, you know, how many of you know it's interesting when you're doing something and the Holy Spirit pivots you, and then you're like, well, how? And then later on, you figure out why. Anybody, that ever happened to anybody? So when Pastor Justin asked me a couple weeks ago to come share, I, uh, I had this verse in my head. I'm still going to share that one. But then as I was praying, as the days got closer, God kept pivoting aspects of the message. And I'm like, God, why? Why? And then, and then when Pastor Justin came back there and prayed with us, uh, with a couple of the guys I brought with me, and, and he said a few things, then all of a sudden it was like, click, I knew. I knew why. I knew what it was about. I knew what God was calling us to do. I knew. Now, uh, praise God, I did leave because I live in one of my, uh, I uh, live here in California up in Corona, and uh, I had to leave early because I just don't feel right speeding on my way to preach, so, you know, I leave that for the other days. <laughs> oh, man. Everybody's driving by. Wow, <laughs> I'm going to church. <laughs> but uh, I want to share a passage of scripture with you, and it's found in Romans, if you'll go ahead and go there, Romans chapter 5. I'm going to start off right there. 
So I was in Hawaii, and and I was uh, as I do, I I I've been trying out different churches, checking them out, things like that, and I found this one, New Hope, and I've gotten a great opportunity to talk to a few people. One of them I went out to meet with coffee, and they were struggling with a variety of things and difficulties and challenges. And so I asked them if I could share a verse with them. And so I took them to Romans chapter 5, and I said, let me, let me just share this verse. I believe God is speaking something. And so that's when it hit me that this was the verse that God also wanted me to share here with a pivot. But I want to start off by saying, I want to I share with you the main point. But in actuality, a lot of times, what churches will do, what preachers will do, is they'll give the main point, and everything backs that up. So I'm going to give you the main point, but it's not the biggest idea. Because without what I'm going to share towards the end, the main point makes no sense. Actually, is the foundation of the main point. And without that foundation, the main point doesn't work. But the main point of this message is the power of partnership. Now, I got to say, when I heard that first, when I heard that at first, I'm like, what? I've never talked about that. I mean, I put together partnerships for companies and things like that, but I've never, I've never preached a message like that. So I'm like, okay, God, what is this about? So I'm sitting there, and I read this verse, and it says, therefore. How many of you know that when the word therefore is there, you usually have to ask, why is therefore there? So I looked at it. Since we have been justified through faith, justified just as if, as if I haven't done it, Therefore, since I've been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Interesting word, peace. It's that tranquil peace that we experience when you come to know God and everything is right in the world. Very interesting Greek word. Our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access. Would you say access? You have access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Praise God for his grace. Amen. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Now, I want you to underline that, circle that, write that down, whatever you do, mark that somehow, highlight it in your digital Bible, but that is a very interesting text because in the Greek, it actually is a reference of another passage in the Old Testament, and when I read that passage out of the Old Testament, I believe it's going to unlock something that maybe you didn't realize because it's so easy to gloss over this. How many of you know that sometimes when we gloss over things, we miss what God is trying to say to us? So he says this. He says, not only so, but we also glory in his sufferings. Why would we want to glory in his sufferings? Because we know that suffering produces perseverance and using repetition, a form that allows us to focus on a particular thing. He says the word perseverance again. So he says, listen to this, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out. Some of your translations say given, but the actual Greek word is poured out. That's why I particularly used the NIV for this particular teaching because it followed the Greek text a little bit more accurately than some of the other translations. has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And so I'm sitting there talking to this young person and uh, we're going through their life. They're having all kinds of problems, struggling with issues from the past, things that, uh, that have 
went wrong in their pathway, people that have hurt them, and they've reminisced on that, they've stayed in that, and they've been constantly basking that. And how many of you know when you are attached to the things of the past that have hurt you, it affects your future? It affects your future in a way where you begin to look at things in life in a negative way. You see nothing but the bad sometimes in that life. Now, I'm going to come back to this because I, I want to hone in on a point on when, as it pertains to character. But first of all, I want to tell you a story. And this is where the Lord pivoted me because I wasn't going to use this story. But now I know why. So God said, Alan, go to Numbers chapter 13. And I did. I turned to Numbers chapter 13. And it was the story of Caleb. Now, Caleb's interesting because his name in Hebrew means wholehearted. That's what it means. It means wholehearted. But if you break it down into the three Hebrew letters, ka, lambda, bet, it means the hand of a man who is under the shepherd in the presence of God who goes to his tent or tabernacle, who meets with God. That's what his name means. But it also means wholehearted. Come on, that's what Caleb means, ladies and gentlemen. And that is going to come into play here because we see in Numbers chapter 13 that when the people of God, Moses heard from the word of God, he heard from God in the tent as if he was speaking to him directly face to face. And God said, now that you have left Egypt, now that you are out of that place, you've escaped the grips and the slavery of Pharaoh and you've gotten past that stage or situation in your life. You've seen the great signs. You've seen the great miracles. And now we're going to go into the land that God has destined us for. And so he picked 12 people. 12 people who were each one of them a leader of their own tribe. And within that tribe, he picked those 12 and he sent them off. And these 12, they went into the promised land and they spied it out for 40 days, ladies and gentlemen. 40 days they went there and looked. And they saw all kinds of things. I mean, they came back and brought a report. There was fruit that is so big, it's beautiful. The land is flowing with milk and what? Honey, that's right. What'd you call me? Some of you ladies called me honey. My wife's in Hawaii. Don't say that. <laughs> uh, my wife runs the company out there while I come back and forth every month. So that's why sometimes some of you see me. I didn't even know you guys knew I was there. All of a sudden, I pull up and people are like, Hey, how's Hawaii? I'm like, how'd you know? Oh, I follow you on social media. I'm like, oh, okay. Wow, I didn't even know you guys knew that was happening. So it's interesting because Caleb and his team of people, they go into this promised land. They seek out what was going on, and they noticed that it was beautiful. It was amazing. It was a place of peace. It could be because of what God was calling it to be. And then they come back. And you know what? Moses asked for a report. And two people gave a great report, specifically Caleb, because he's the one I want to focus on, who gave an incredible report of what had, they had seen. But the other 10 spies, they gave a negative report. I want to say something here. And I know it applies to right now. And I know it applies to this young lady. And that is this. Sometimes when God is calling you into something and out of something, many people will walk in fear. And you know what happens when that fear hits? Or, you ready for this? Are you ready? Here it is. Interesting. Watch this. There will be some who don't want to go 
or didn't want to go in this situation because they knew it was going to take work. Let me just be real. Maybe, maybe I don't know if uh, your pastors have asked you this question, but how many of you, anybody in your whole life, you've ever just said, you know, Lord, I just want to be used by you. Anybody? About eight of you? That's it? You've never actually asked that? I am completely shocked if you've never just said, Lord, I just, just whatever you do, I just want to be used by you, God. That's it. Well, guess what? Your prayer is about to be answered. Your prayer is about to be answered. And you know what? God is going to do amazing things. I'm thinking of a pastor over in Saddleback who started off, flew out here, and started standing in front of grocery stores and just saying hi to people as they're going in and out and inviting them to church. And their church began to grow slowly. In fact, they began to meet in parks. They began to meet anywhere they could in parking lots and parks. And over the next year and a half, they met mobile, going everywhere they can to bring in the people from the highways and byways, from their homes, from their apartment complexes, into a place where they can find Jesus, where they can find hope. And guess what? Their, their, their motto was, hey, come to church if you can find us, because sometimes they didn't know where they were going to be until the night before. But here is what's amazing. Are you ready for this? The church, before it even had a building or walls, grew to 10,000 people. 10,000. Now, there were some who had a hard time going on that journey, but obviously there were some who said, you know what? I can see the vision. I can see what we're doing. We don't want to be a church of just four walls. We want to go out there. We know that the power of God is real and alive, and I want to be a part of that. Come on. You see, until you step out, you don't get to experience. And so Caleb and the team comes back, and all of a sudden the people, Moses couldn't even get a grip on them. All of a sudden they're out telling everybody, all the Israelites, all the people of God, no, this place is dangerous, this place is bad. And they literally said this lie. There's Nephilim there. That's actually a lie. Because the Nephilim all died during the flood. There were no Nephilim after that. These were giants that had angels that had mated with human women and had large people. And they had died. In fact, many people thought Goliath was from the Nephilim, but he's not because the Bible never once says that. Interesting to note that they conjured up a lie to be an excuse to keep them to go forward into the power of God. How many of us do that? How many of us do that? We're going to start a new business and all of a sudden we're going to step forward and, and your wife's getting behind you and all of a sudden you see the weight and the heart of, hardness of it and you're like, you come up with all the problems and the difficulties and the challenges. You focus on the negative so you can give yourself an excuse and a way out so you don't have to do it any longer. You come into a marriage and oh, guess what? It gets a little hard. I'm telling you, marriage can be hard, but it can be beautiful. Everything worthwhile, you're going to work your butt off. And the King James says ass. I just like to say butt. You know, read, you know, read the Bible. You'll see in King James, some of you who, who love that translation. But it's interesting. It's interesting because God is calling us to something great, something big. God is calling us to level up and to change in our life. You know, think about Deuteronomy chapter 28. I want to read this passage to you. This passage is powerful. I don't know if you know this, but there are over 
573 promises in the Bible. I'm trying to memorize at least 50. Sometimes they run into Christians that don't even know five. All they can tell you all the beers on the shelf. Isn't that crazy? In fact, if a preacher only preached one promise every single Sunday, it would take him over 60 or her 69 years of preaching only the promises of God one verse at a time. 69 years. God has given us so much. But if you don't know it, you can't have it. If you don't know it, you can't have it. And then if you don't work towards it, you can't have it. Many of those promises are conditional. Like if, this is what God said to Joshua after the 40 years of living in the desert and struggling because the people of God suffered because they didn't want to go. They were scared. They let fear. They made excuses. They didn't want to work hard. They didn't want to step into it. They wanted to be children of God, but they didn't want to have to do all the work. God, you just do it all for me so I can sit here and do nothing. That idea has seeped into the church in many ways because a lot of people would be like, well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm just waiting on the Lord. If God's going to do it, God's going to do it. You know, God has to make that happen. And yet we fail to realize there's power in partnership. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8, that we are co-what? Co-laborers. 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 We're saying, God, come on, do this for me. Do this. Oh, God, I pray and I seek you. Oh, Lord, I'm waiting on the Lord to do this. God's saying, girl, I, I, I'm, I'm waiting on you. I'm willing to do this, but with you, not for you. With you, not for you. God, change my husband. Girl, get studying and get to know that man then. Just so you know, you can't change him. You got to let the Holy Spirit do that. But he's got to begin to do that co-working work with God. You just got to let God do his thing. And so, ladies and gentlemen, it's interesting because they failed to go into the promised land. Can you imagine the frustration that must have been for Joshua and Caleb, right? The difficulty and the challenge. Finally, 40 years go by, and they are allowed to go in. And here's the interesting thing about Joshua chapter 1 is this. Joshua and Caleb rallied the troops, and they said, are you ready? Are you finally ready? Because all the people who are the naysayers and the negative people, the ones who didn't want to work, the ones who just want to sit on their butts and do nothing, the ones who wouldn't even do the smallest increment of prayer. Hey, I'm not saying, no, 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 don't hear me wrong. I don't want anybody offended. Do not hear me wrong. I'm not saying go and move this box, set up these drums, set up these speakers. I'm saying even just the littlest part, you're saying, God, I am committed to pray. I'm committed to pray. And then make the commitment to go forward. And here's what they said. They said to all the th hundreds of thousands of people there, are you ready? And this time, you know what they said? We are ready to obey all that God cause, calls us to. We're ready to obey all that God calls us to. You know, I know you're getting ready to move into a different phase of ministry where God is speaking to your pastors. And you know what? It can be challenging for them it could be it could be a, t a moment of struggle god really god re god really we're gonna leave this safety god I, I, god are you really speaking this to me because god this is a difficult decision for me to make 
And, and, and so your pastors are going, okay, God, I'm hearing you, and we want to do it, but there's also, and I've never talked to them about this, a little bit of, God, are you really? And yes, God is calling you to do this, and you want to be able to have people. And here's, here's a part of, here's a part of, from a pastor perspective, when you begin to lead and move into a place where God is calling you to go, we still have to go even when God calls us to go. We still have to do, but you know what? We care so much about our people because that's why we're pastors. We have a shepherd's heart. We want them to come. We want them to come. And it's going to be so sad when one says, you know, this is not my thing. I'm out. And it's going to break our hearts because we want them to come. We want you to see the power of God. We want you to be blessed by the power of God. One day I had posted some post on social media and it was basically something about success and that God wants to uh, make you successful and, and bless your family and bless your finances and bless your fitness and bless your fun. And I got a whole seven thing of Fs, right? And so someone started to attack me on social media and go, Pastor Allen, you can't talk about money. You can't talk about finances. I was like, it was like one little component of a positive text to inspire people to move forward. Pastor, only God can give you money if you're going to make money. You can only have money if God gives you money. I thought, that's actually false teaching and false doctrine. That actually is false teaching. Think about it this way. You ready? You know what? Mom, Dad, I don't need to go to college. If God's going to make me smart, he's just going to do it. I have no say in it, God. I mean, I have no say in this, Mom and Dad. I'm just, God's going to have to do it. You know what? Forget the gym. Who needs the gym? If God wants me to have muscles, he'll give me muscles. There's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing I can do about my intelligence. There's nothing I can do about changing my marriage. There's nothing I can do about changing my church. There's nothing I can do about gaining more money and growing the financial part of my family. Why do we empower money so big that it becomes a God? Everything else makes sense, but when it comes to money, oh no, don't talk about money because you know only God can do that for you. When you make that kind of statement or judgment, you are putting money on such a pedestal, you make it a God. In reality, it's a tool to simply be used for God's kingdom and glory. You know, I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I went from being a pastor for 30 years to preaching the gospel now in different countries and different places, but now I'm a serial entrepreneur, and the best thing I ever did starting those six companies in nonprofit was that, because I don't have to go raise money from anybody. I don't have to go beg in churches to get $300 because someone felt like popping $5 in there. I don't have to run around and begging people, oh, please, send your money, send your money. I got businesses. They support an entire staff and buildings from California to Hawaii. I don't need that. In fact, everywhere I speak, I've never, I never ask for a penny, nor do I even expect it. I don't care about that. I am glad that I could preach without having to receive anything because God has provided, because I embraced something powerful. When I was a pastor and I was, had to go plant a business, I actually cried out to God, God, why? Why do I have to work outside the church? God, I don't want to. I just want to read my Bible and do Bible studies and pray with people all day long. That's just, God, that's just what I want to do. I, why do I have to work, God? I thought those thoughts. And I started a business, and it was successful, and I was like, wow, that's weird. 
you know, me with a degree in theology and trying to figure out how to run business. And I'm like, how does that work? How does that happen? And I was like, wow, this is crazy. I began to study, and that changed my world on what I thought about things in life, that we can be blessed. I want you to think about Deuteronomy chapter 28. I talked about promises as I was turning here because although some promises are specific to the Israelites, every promise is a principle for all of God's children. It says, if you fully obey the Lord your God. Remember in Joshua, they said, I want to fully obey the Lord. And carefully follow all his commands I will give you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on the earth. There's not much equality in that. If you as a Christian group are set above, high above all the nations of the world, sorry, there's a hierarchy there. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock and calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come, blessed when you go out. Then all the people of the earth will see that you are called by my name. God literally wants to bless your life so the world sees how blessed you are. There's no equality in that. You are called by the living God, called out to be different, called out to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, called out to bring people to life. And here's the beauty about the calling that you have. It is open to everybody, but some don't want to get it. But when they see you living it out in real time and the power of God is on your marriage, it's on your children, when the power of God is in your life and in your business because you serve and you give, when the power of God is is speaking to you at night in your dreams, when the power of God is there when you wake up in the morning because you can't get ready, you're, you're trying to get ready, get your clothes on, but God's overwhelming you with his spirit when you're out there during the day and you're having a meal and God's speaking to you about people in that Chipotle, you know, your favorite place where you guys go and get your meat right and you're loving life and you're experiencing the power of God like no other God rewards those who diligently seek him that means he's not rewarding the ones who don't seek him I know I kind of go against and push against some of the things the world's preaching but I want the word of God to be shared today that you are called to great things And as you get ready to move into this new dynamic, into this new reality, I want to know, are you ready to see the mighty hand of God? Because if you do this, I have been, I've been around a long time as pastor. So I've seen hundreds, thousands of pastors across America do so many unique and incredible things. You want to know which people I found to be the most blessed? The ones who worked the hardest and gave unto the Lord their time and energy to help build the church for which the gates of hell will not prevail. Your pastor has a vision. It's going to take work. Some people, I hope that you never do this. You guys are the remnant that's left. This is the beautiful thing. We have Joshua and Caleb right here ready to lead, and now they have an army behind them. Joshua and Caleb at first didn't even have that. They had to wait 40 years. But if you will step out and say, as Joshua and them said, God, we'll obey all that you call us to. We'll put our hand to the plow. We'll work hard. Watch The Holy Spirit is going to work in your children's, 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 children. The other day I was thinking about my kids, 
And all my kids serve the Lord. Praise God. I'm so glad. And they work for the business. And uh, it, it could have gone a lot of different ways. And, and, and I don't know anybody else's experience. I only know my experience. I know that I, I've made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. I've done stupid stuff. All you got to do is have five minutes with my wife. She'll tell you all the stupid stuff. All right? And so <laughs> here's the thing. I have always committed. I get up and I take my family to church. I've always committed to working for God. Everything about my business, about my life is for his glory and his kingdom. It has nothing to do with me. My CPA is tripping because I'm meeting with her Sunday. I said, look, I don't want to own anything. I don't want to own the cars. I don't want to own the, I don't want to own houses. I don't want to own anything. I want it all in companies and in a trust. I don't want to own a single thing. I don't want anything in my name. It's all for Jesus. Just want to use the money that creates freedom to preach the gospel wherever I want, whenever I want. Isn't that crazy? And God can do that, but it starts with, are you ready to serve? Are you ready to give of your time? Now watch this. Here's what's so crazy. So I read that text, perseverance breeds character, and character, hope. I mean, you've ever seen some characters. Maybe, you, maybe some of you men relate to, <laughs> there you go, woo! All right, maybe some of you relate to Russell Crowe, Gladiator. Your wife catches you doing that in the mirror. She's like, what are you doing? Nothing. (laughs) You want to go out there and conquer, right? I am Glutamus Maximus, and I will have my vengeance. (laughs) Mel Gibson in in, in Braveheart, freedom, right? Maybe Angelina Jolie in Tomb Raider. I'm a dangerous girl, and right now, I'm losing patience. Maybe you relate more to... Uh, Julie Andrews, Mary Poppins, the spoonful of sugar. Make what? A spoonful of sugar? Yes. Dick Van Dyke. Maybe you're just an outlandish, crazy, comic kind of guy. That's okay. Or a girl. Who knows? Or how about maybe you're just elegant. When you walk, you draw men's attention. You're so soft, so kind that you just draw attention because of your elegance, maybe like an Elizabeth Taylor. I don't know. But it talks about character. How many of you know that We are building our character. And here's something that I talked to this person. She was a young lady. We're meeting in the coffee shop in Hawaii. And she's trying to figure out who she is. Claims to be a Christian, all this kind of stuff. But you see, there is a lie that's been perpetuated by the church that has caused confusion. And it's caused us to not think of it very important. Here's the lie. Everybody's a child of God. It's actually not true. John chapter 1 verse 12 says, in order to be a child of God, you must believe. And then you become, you become a child of God. You're not a child of God unless you believe in Jesus. Then you are born again. So look at John chapter 1 verse 12. And that lie that everybody on the planet is a child of God is literally a lie. But it's caused a problem because now it's so washed out that our world just thinks, oh yeah, I'm a child of God. But now they don't understand their identity. So they're seeking their identity in all kinds of other places and areas. Because it doesn't mean anything to them. It's just like, oh yeah, it's just a bunch of junk and a whole bunch of other junk. It means zero, zilch, nada. In case you don't know what those mean, that means nothing. And they're searching for their identity any which way they can. Sometimes we do that. I'm a businessman. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a pastor. I'm a, I'm a programmer. I'm a chemist. I'm a whatever. And we associate with that identity. And that's okay, some of those things. But listen, the thing that is so important here 
that is going to make us powerful is two things. One, who am I? That's what she was grappling with. Who am I? She says she's a Christian, but she doesn't really know who she is because she's washed out the fact that she is a child of God. And that's what this passage is talking about. Watch this. A lot of people miss misrepresent this passage when it says, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Now watch this, ladies and gentlemen. What is the glory of God? Well, in the context of this text, in the context of this text, we think, you know, this very powerful smoke or wind or, or cloud of the glory of God, but that's not what this text is talking about. It actually references a text in Psalms 8, verse 3. Let me read it to you and see Turn there if you have your Bible, Psalms 8, chapter, uh, Psalms chapter 8, verse 3. Watch this. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels. Now watch this. And crowned them with glory. You see, the text in Romans is not talking about God and his glory. It's actually talking about the glory of man. Women and men, of course, you know that, right? Talking about the glory that has been placed on man. What is that? With glory and honor, you made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds. And the animals of the wild, the birds of the sky, the fish of the sea, so on and so forth. But ladies and gentlemen, the glory in Corinthians is about the believer knowing their character. Their character is they are a child of God. Now, a lot of times we're seeking, well, maybe I should be a doctor because this fits me. Or I should be this. I should be this. First and foremost, we should strive to be more like Christ. Because that's the character we're trying to build. Nothing else matters. The houses we build, the chemical things that we, we create, the engineering stuff we do, none of that goes when it all burns in the fire. When the earth and heavens are remade, ladies and gentlemen, the only thing that goes is what we have done, how we've led people to the Lord, and how we've changed our family. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is important because... When it comes to this hard work, we can get hijacked, but we don't want to get hijacked. We want to continue on in the pathway that God has called us. So who am I? You are a child of the living God. But here's what's interesting. And I glory in the sufferings. What does that mean? Suffering determines and reveals who you really are. I recently met with a gentleman, and he didn't understand that once you come to know Jesus, you are infused with the Holy Spirit. That part he understood. But he, be, he still continued to walk in a defeated life. I said, how is that possible? And his incomparably great power, incomparably, what do you think that means? Can anything be compared to it? And his incomparably great power for those who believe. It's like the working of his mighty strength. Ephesians chapter 1. I'm not going to go into it in detail, but study Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to chapter 2, verse 6, because the person who put chapters in the Bible did it wrong, because that's one run-on sentence in the Greek language. And the problem is we read chapter 1, we take a break till the next day, read chapter 2, and you miss the whole meaning. Forget about chapters and verses. Those were written by a guy on horseback that wasn't in the original text ever. They're not inspired. Just read the Bible. Now, interesting, but when you understand that, and then you realize that you've been infused with power, 
and you know who you are and to whom you belong, then, like John and Peter, who are at the gate called beautiful, silver and gold, I do not have. But what I have, I, I give you in the name of Jesus. Rise! It's interesting when depression is attacking a home and a husband goes, oh God, please help. Help with the depression of my, my kids and my wife. And, and, and I get it. God hears that prayer. God's going, you are my son. I called you to great things. I've empowered you. You are the crown of my glory. I have infused you with power. Let's do this together. Now, you are the head of the house. You are the head of that home. Depression, I command you, get out of my house. You are not allowed here. I am under authority, and that authority is Jesus Christ because I am a child of God. You see, and it leads us to this last point. I had a lot of other stuff, but I don't want to keep you guys in the sun too long. It leads to this last point, and I want to emphasize this. This is the part. So we need to know our identity if we're going to be able to walk in the power of God. The world is hungering to know who they are. Good thing it didn't break. The world is hungering to know who they are, and they're trying out all different kinds of things, and it's never going to satisfy. It will not. We know that because we know who we are. Unfortunately, there are Christians who have not walked in their identity as if they knew who they really were. Now watch this passage as I first started off in Romans. Here it is. And hope does not put to shame. In other words, it doesn't make you feel bad. Isn't that great? God's hope is amazing. Because God's love has been poured out. And in the Greek, it's continually pouring, continually poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. It was a few months ago, I woke up. Maybe some of you have done this. I woke up, and all of a sudden, the first thing that my thought in my head, I couldn't even remember a dream. It was just Rob Wilderman. Like, what? We went to Bible college together like 30 years ago, but I didn't think I've talked to him in like, 15 or 20 years. He's, is he even a friend? I don't even know. I open up my thing. I, I don't remember seeing anything. And I find him. And I call him up. I said, hey, brother, how you doing, man? He's like, I just, I just told him, I felt like the Lord woke me up, put your name in my head, and I was supposed to call you. He said, Lord told you that? I go, yeah. And I've been hurt. Here he is, the systems director of the entire denomination of the Foursquare Church. And we went out been suffering, hurting, and I reached out to him, and now I brought him here with us. <laughs> Went to Bible college together because the Holy Spirit spoke. Did you know Acts chapter 1 says when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you receive power. Power to do what? Power to co-work with God. Power to do this with God. God's not going to do it for you. That's the problem us Christians get into. First of all, we think everybody's a child of God, and we also think God's just going to do it for him if he wants me to have it. It's not true. Get up, get to work. That's why he said, go therefore into all the world and preach the gospel. And these signs will follow you as you go. You will heal. You will, you will cast out demons. All these things will happen. The problem is nobody wants to go to work. But it's not, it doesn't have to be that difficult. All I did was hear something and call someone, right? That's all I did. So it's so incredibly simple. 
It's so incredibly simple. God does that all the time. I was, in, I was preaching in New York, and I, was, I had two people with me, another friend who was a big, gigantic bodybuilder and a, and a lady who was an RN. And all of a sudden, we were talking to this lady at the door, and she said she has AIDS, and she showed her piece of paper, and all of a sudden, she, uh, she just, uh, we go to pray with her. She falls back, and the RN is like freaking out, going crazy. There's foam and everything coming out of her mouth, just like, ah, and she's feeling her pulse, and I, I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything about that. She's feeling her pulse here and here and checking everything. She's like, she's dead. Call 911. Call 911. There's no pulse. There's no nothing. And about five minutes go by, and I'm like, all I'm thinking is, I don't want to touch that foam. That's all I was thinking. I wasn't even thinking spiritual things, right? I just didn't want to touch that in case I got AIDS. And all of a sudden, my back hit the wall. And the Holy Spirit said, say, rise in the name of Jesus. Then I began to have this argument. I'm not going to do that. Who do I think I am? Some spiritual guy that's just going to say rise and something cool is going to happen? I'm not going to, I'm just fighting with the Lord. Anybody ever fought with the Lord in your mind? Come on. Uh, there you are. See, you've been there, right? And I'm fighting with the Lord. If I say this, they're going to think, what a wacko Alan is. Man, he, he just, what is this? And so I bumped up against the thing. The Lord said, do what I tell you to do. And I just said, about this loud, in the name of Jesus, rise. And she just went, poof, her eyes opened up. She jumped up and she was like, God healed me. I was dead, but now I'm alive. And I'm like, what, what? I don't even know. The RN's going, what, what's happening? Call 911, tell them they don't have to come out. Or, or maybe, I, I don't know, have her come out. I, well, what's going on? And that lady came to where, where we were preaching and gave her life to the Lord. Isn't that crazy? All because of obedience. All because of obedience. So how does that work? Maybe one day you'll be in 7-Eleven and God will say, tell this person this. Just do it. Maybe, I, I used to go around and try to debate people and try to tell them all the reasons why they should believe in God. People would try to come at me, and, I, and now I don't even do that. I don't even waste my time. All I do is I go, hey, you know what, man? I know you have a lot of questions. Can I pray for you? I put my hands on them. They're always like, what was that? Oh, I felt something. Oh, you pray. I just put my hand. I'm, I said, I'm going to put my hand on your head and pray for you. Is that okay? Just do it. Watch God move through you. You know, there's something about when you act, God does. When we don't act, God doesn't. When you act, God does. And if you are a child of God, you see, that's what that suffering is about. That suffering in that text is we are striving forward through trials, tribulations that James talks about to move forward to glory to glory. But God is destined to reign with him. And that's what that text is about. You are being prepared. You are in training for reigning. God is grooming you for something bigger. God is building you for something greater. Maybe you're going to be a part, and I'm declaring it, you are going to be a part of what God is going to do in the parks and in the highways as people give their life to Jesus. God's going to use you. You're going to lay hands on them. They're going to be healed. You're going to pray for them, and God's going to give you a word. Because you know why? You have the greatest thing that's ever been given to mankind. Think about this. Maybe some of you have thought, man, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait to be in heaven. Moses, what was it like parting that Red Sea? And Moses is going to go, wait, 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 wait. I want to know. What was it like to have the Holy Spirit in your life? Because that's way more powerful than any miracle of the Old Testament. But most Christians aren't living it because they actually haven't 
grasped who they really are and what God's intention for you is to be a blessing unto this world. And I want you to move in that. So I want to ask you, who are you? If you're still grappling with your identity, young person, have you given your life to Jesus? Have you been born again? Because now you are a completely new person and you're in process. Now you're going to grow. That's what the suffering's about. You know, because we associate everything with suffering. You know, why do I have to do my homework? <laughs> I'm suffering here, people. My mom and dad are being mean. <laughs> From your perspective, okay, that's suffering. That's suffering. But eventually you get past that. How many of you look at the things when you were younger that you flipped out about? And now you're like, dang, that was nothing. Where in the heck was I at? Come on, I'm just trying to pay the freaking mortgage bill and work. <laughs> you know, you have to deal with things, right? So you're in process. God is training you and preparing you. So this move, this move about to what's about to happen here, as you guys go into the highways and byways, God is going to test your faith. And you know what? If you work hard for the Lord, God is going to pour out. You're going to see the blessing on generation after generation in your life because you decided, I don't care how hard it is. Pastors, I am with you. I'm committed. I'm all in. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do this with you. It's not going to be easy, but God's not calling me to be easy. God's calling me to stand with you right now. I am going to do this. That's what God wants. So I ask you this question. Do you know what you have? The Holy Spirit that was there at creation. The Holy Spirit that helped create all things. The Holy Spirit that led Jesus into the desert, that guided Jesus. If you read the Gospels, you'll see the Holy Spirit guided, led, spoke, talked, and empowered Jesus. In the book of Acts, he the Holy Spirit spoke directly to the apostles, not the Father, not Jesus, directly to the apostles. The Holy Spirit did the speaking. Do you know what you have? I don't know. How does your day-to-day -day look like every single day? Are you so focused on your stuff that God's barely even included? Do you get up in the morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. What do you have for me today? What do you have for me today? Because God will lead you to the most interesting people. The most interesting, there are times where God has said, go spend time with this person. I'm like, ah, I am busy, God. I got to get to this job. I got to go check out that business. I got to go over here and meet with that uh, employee. God, I don't have time for this. And God's like, just shut up and go. And I spend two, three full days with that person. And I have to let go of, it's not God what I want. It's what you want. And you know what God seems to always do when you sacrifice yourself that way? He pours out blessing on all of your stuff because he says, you know what? You're putting me first. That's what I'm talking about, my girl. That's what I'm talking about, my son. We're co-workers together. Let's do this together. I want to do it with you. I want to empower you. I want to see all those desires and all those miracles and all that power flowing through you. But let's do it together. Don't wait for me. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to ask two friends to come up here, Rob, and Steve. Steve came to my church many years ago, and he was a recovering alcoholic many years, many DUIs, and God did a miracle in his life. Honestly, when he first came, I couldn't fully understand what he was saying, but now God has blessed him. 
And he witnesses and shares now that he owns his own company, well, business, lawn mowing. And he runs his own business all these years, takes care of himself, no longer struggling, been free for how many years? 26. 26 years, completely free. And he's always carrying tracts and giving away Bibles and giving away stuff to people. He's been doing that constantly all the time. God is using him. And then Rob, who has gone through some incredible struggle. By the way, I just got to say, I love this. I keep telling people this. Just a few short months ago, he was 308 pounds, and God has blessed him, and he has lost a lot of weight. But here is a man of God that we went to Bible college together. I mean, we've waged some wars in there with the, with the spirit and prayer and stuff like that up in Santa Cruz. You know, we had to suffer in Santa Cruz by the beach, you know, but God poured out. Him a PK, dad was a pastor in Alpine, the Assemblies of God Church, and uh, now he works for the Free Methodists. But these are people that are men of God, and I want to ask you something. I want to ask you, will you be ready as the Holy Spirit calls you? Will you listen and will you obey? Because guess what? As you move into this next time in the church's phase of life, this is what's going to be needed. Men and women of God that say, I'm not afraid of work because this is for God and I'm not afraid to tell people what the Holy Spirit tells me, whether it's a word or whatever. It's pray for healing. Just act. Just do it. You may think, I, I, God's never used me to heal. If God's telling you to pray for that person for healing, just do it. Just do it. You are a child of the living God. That is your identity. And you're growing to understand that deeper and deeper. So I want to ask you. I want to have my guys here. And we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray that God fills you. I want to leave you with a move of the Holy Spirit. So I want, to, I want us to just close our eyes for a minute. Bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you, Jesus. We just thank you, Lord, for the anointing oil we have here right now in our hands, God. Lord, we just pray, God, that this anointing oil, which is simply just a representation of your Holy Spirit, God, Lord, would be a representation of your Holy Spirit working in the lives of your people to do great and amazing things as they enter in to their promised land and what you've called them towards. Lord, I pray that you would fill them. Do you know what you have? Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. Come visit us here at Livingstones Church in person at Dorothy McElhinney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Church Center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the Church Center app or by going to livingstones.tv giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.